You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone. Today, we've got Guy Yalif, who is the co-founder and CEO of Intellimize, a company that automatically optimizes websites to drive revenue and customer acquisition using machine learning. So I love nerding out on this stuff. Guy, it is a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. How is it going? It's going wonderfully, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Honor to join you. Excited for the conversation. Yeah, thanks for joining. So yeah, let's, I guess let's talk about a little bit about kind of your story leading up to Intellimize because I know you got some background going to Stanford and then global marketing at Brightroll and then head of global product and vertical marketing at Twitter. So a lot of experience. So go for it. I'm a former aerospace engineer who wrote a bunch of AI to design airplanes and I went to marketing. That's a normal straight line, right? <laughs> I, I that's the first, not, first time I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to design airplanes for the rest of my life. Loved the idea. Then spent 10 years in product and then 10 years in marketing. And in the disciplines of marketing, you know, brand, PR, demand gen, product marketing, like product marketing is my wheelhouse because of that background. And have been very fortunate to work in some very, very small places and some very large places along the way. Got it. And so when I think, and by the way, um, people that listen to the show, please listen to, I've done a couple of, of chats with uh, Guillaume, former guy. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's been at Segment, he's been at Drift, and now he, he does, you know, he does his own thing. He mentioned Intellimize and he mentioned a list of tools and I was looking through and I was like, oh, Intellimize looks fascinating of, you know, the many tools that he mentioned. So I was like, I've got to get Guy on here. Can you tell us a little more about how Intellimize actually works? Like maybe a practical use case? Happy to. And Guillaume Cabane is awesome. We very much enjoy working with him. I've spoken with him. I've worked with him as a customer. And in fact, he used us to drive more leads to a sales team for B2B websites at Segment and at Drift. Intellimize will personalize the web experience for each unique visitor in the moment. So that if Eric, you and I show up at Drift.com today, we might see two different things. If you show up a week later, you might again see something different, either because you've done something or because the machine learning, which is updating itself automatically every few minutes on its own, got better at predicting human behavior. And so it's, it's a system that allows the ideas we have as marketers to move our prospects through the funnel more effectively. That's a typical B2B case. In e-commerce, folks tend to use us to increase basket size or increase cart completion. In financial services, folks want to move people through a funnel to apply or buy a product and so on. Got it. And so I just went to your, your website. I saw um, that it, it just switched on me. It said, welcome back. And, and instead of just having the traditional landing page experience um, or the homepage experience. So would you guys be in the category of, is it, would you call it personalization? What would you call it? It's a great question. And by the way, you saw something that we very much believe in. We think we as marketers are guilty of the sin of treating everyone the same on our homepages. Whether they're a customer, it's their 10th visit or their first. And we think the homepage should act like a landing page. We think every page in the experience should meet prospects where they are in their funnel with you. It creates a more relevant experience. It can continue messaging they've seen in ads or email or direct mail. We like to do that. And then you asked, forgive me, I lost the thread. Yeah, no, no. It's, um, I'm just saying, would you categorize yourselves oh, as yeah, yeah. personalization? or? So folks sometimes say personalization, sometimes testing. We think those are actually two sides of the same coin. 
I know they're typically two different teams, two different budgets, two different strategies. In our minds, they're ultimately trying to achieve the same thing, which is more revenue, more customers, and more leads to sales, right? One of those is probably the goal. And so people use this tool to basically have their cake and eat it too. They get testing results like they're used to with traditional A-B testing where they're like, oh, mm -hmm. this is the thing, the insight I can go use to inform my email copy, to inform my ad targeting. And at the same time, they personalize so that they make more money because this one is winner take all. But that's not the right answer for everybody. People are different and people change over time. And so you, you make more money through the personalization and get the insights through testing. And so frankly, we fit, we fit a bit in both. We call what we do intelligent website optimization. I love that. And so I'm looking at some of your, your case studies on here. So Shilpa, who, who I know from, from Looker, I, so 10x, more time on work. So you save time. And then the other one is Stella and Dot saw a 52% increase in conversion. So I guess let's use that one as an example. So do you, can you speak to specifically what you guys did there to help drive that 52% increase? Sure thing. They tried a bunch of different ideas at the bottom of the funnel for them. They started on the cart page and they tried a bunch of different ideas on, should we show them recently viewed items? Should we present price differently? Such that we were working on 400 different possible combinations when you multiplied them all out. Which one performed best? None that any, was, any one of us would have predicted. It turns out in that market where they're selling jewelry at that time, now they extended to clothing, emotionally affirmative language at the top of the cart was the most effective thing. That looks great on you. Good choice. We like that one. Helped move people through the funnel more. No one knew that was coming. It's the beauty of data-driven marketing. That on its own didn't produce 52% lift. Figuring out the right one of those 400 versions to show people, that in aggregate produced 52% lift. They then went up funnel to their product detail page, got 8% more add to carts, then went up funnel further to their homepage and got 400% more engagement for different audiences on their site. And for them, these were like 700 plus versions of pages for one part of one funnel for one audience and they have three different audiences. And so for them, machine learning and AI was actually a great force multiplier. That's awesome. So I, I guess what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, is there's a lot of these different, there's a lot of this different messaging. And then where you guys came in was to figure out which messaging to deploy. I guess uh, just out of curiosity, how do you know what messaging to deploy to which customer? Like, what do you base it on? Like, that looks great on you. Like, is that for a woman in her 20s? Like, how do you separate that? Great question. I'll share two parts of the answer. First, you nailed it. It's yes and. It is messaging. It's also pretty much anything in the experience. So we have customers, including Stella and Dot and Unilever and Drift and Tableau and Looker and Imburse, who use us to change messaging, change layout, change imagery, change interactivity. We have customers that will like say, hey, I need to show social proof. I'm going to dynamically pull Trustpilot reviews into my website on the fly. Or, you know what, someone's leaving the site, I want to catch them. I want to pop an abandoned modal, which will help them create to give them an offer or capture an email so they can remarket to them. Or they want to change the look of a flow. So we encourage them to do a mix of like smaller ideas, like a call to action text, mid-sized ideas like layouts and images, or bigger ideas like changing an entire flow. That's one part of the answer. So we purposely built a system that can use any data it can see. And so if someone brings to the table, hey, I know this is, you said it's a woman in her 20s. 
we can then go see, hey, what performs better for them? What we're doing on our end is trying every possible combination of everything we know about a visitor at the same time. So for example, what we can detect on our own, we can detect city, state, country, mobile desktop, tablet, first visit, repeat visit. What categories did they go to? If they came from an ad or an email, we can also detect the UTM parameters that so many of us put in our links and auto-optimize for those. So really what we're doing is optimizing for every one of those possible combinations, which typically means we're optimizing for more segments than there are people on earth. And so it becomes effectively one-to-one marketing. And you find some interesting things that a machine can do that humans wouldn't be great at. We had a financial services customer, for example, that tried on Hero on the homepage. Different image, different headline, different call to action. They tried a bunch of different combinations. Okay, they found one that performed better than all the rest. Great. Had they done traditional testing, they would have shown that to everyone. Another combination performed 14% better on mobile. Awesome. Maybe they would have set up a rule, this on desktop, this on mobile. But using this system, there was another combination that performed 24% better in Chicago and another combo that performed 28% better on weekday evenings. None of us would go find those combinations, but a machine can. And a machine can then go automatically feed those winning combinations more traffic so that we look even smarter, right? Our good ideas get shown more often. Our bad ideas get starved to traffic so they don't hurt us. And our mediocre ideas turn into winners because we're shown to the right people. Got it. So what I'm hearing then is you guys can deploy all these tests and then you guys will basically, okay, using machine learning, we'll figure out, hey, what actually works? Well, let's deploy that more without having to kind of manually do it on your own. You got it, Eric. And one of the side benefits that gives us in particular in e-commerce is when you run a promotion, right? With traditional testing, it takes you days, weeks, months to get an answer. And 80% of the time you don't get one. Our system's updating itself every few minutes. And so we had a customer who ran a big promo, tripled their traffic overnight. Turns out that 200% didn't behave the same way the base 100% did. This system, four hours later, which was two in the morning, saw that and shifted on its own automatically the balance of which variations were being shown. And over the course of the next couple of days, as the effect of the promo decayed, it shifted it back automatically. Like we couldn't do that ourselves. What we do uniquely greatly is empathize with our customers, walk a day in their shoes, understand their pain. And being really creative, coming up with ideas to cajole our prospects to become customers. This system is then like a superpower for people who do those things to take those ideas and maximize the possible lift you can get out of them. I love that. And so people that are interested in, in this, I guess, how do you guys make money? How do you charge for this? Great question. We are SaaS. So it's a fixed monthly fee, you know, upfront can budget for a year in advance And we are serving customers like the ones we talked about before from large multinationals around the world, across different brands and regions, down to sort of lean marketing teams within mid-sized companies. Got it. And I'm assuming this has to be based on number of what API calls or is it number of traffic or what is it based on? Great question. It's typically based on the total amount of traffic to the site. We don't price per test because we don't want folks thinking, is this test worth running? Why? Because there aren't universal truths. It's not like all buttons should be read. The only universal truth we've found, and it leads to this pricing point, is trying multiple generations of ideas. Try an idea, see what works, try next generation, third, fourth, fifth generation. That's the only thing we've seen reliably lead to lift. So back to pricing, we purposely price on total traffic to the site, one, and two, how many regions they're optimizing, how many brands they want to cover at once. 
those are the, the things that go into it. Got it. Actually, that's a really good point. I had a friend, so we, we, we have a SaaS product called ClickFlow and you run tests and it's, it's actually based on traffic. But one of my friends like, oh, the true value in, in your software is the test. So you should price per test, which logically makes sense. But if you think about it, you disincentivize people to run tests if you charge per test because people don't want to do that, right? So it makes a lot of sense. So other question then, I, I guess if people, what traffic range should they be at to get started and what does that generally like if you want to get started what does that price range look like and you don't need to give me the whole enchilada just to get started so we purposely built a system that works with little traffic we saw that you know traditional testing takes weeks or months to get an answer and so we built a system that on average helped our customers over the last two years try 177 different ideas and had they tried those ideas with traditional testing it would have taken a quarter century 25 years in this system, we didn't try the 177. We tried the 78 million possible combinations that came out of those. So you would think, oh man, you need a ton of traffic. Quite the opposite. In our system, in every case, it'll be faster than testing. Typical rule of thumb, 500 a day, 1,000 a day. If you're getting that level, it's a good balance, not for the machine, the machine is fine. For us mere mortal humans, between trying all of our ideas at the same time and getting answers relatively quickly. And the pricing, we serve mid-market all the way up to Fortune 100, and the pricing reflects that. Got it. Great. I guess right now, what kind of numbers can you share around the business? It could be growth rates, employee size, revenues, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Happily, the business is growing very rapidly. Folks are, able, are seeing, on average, across all of our customers, not cherry-picked, everyone, 46% lift in the metrics they cared about over the last two years across everyone. They defined what mattered to their business. That was the lift they got on average. And that has helped us rapidly expand across industries, across size of companies, to help teams do things like the CEO of Dermalogica, part of Unilever, said, hey, hey, these guys helped me double the number of ad bags with subscription that I cared about. Drift drove 322% more leads off of their homepage and on down the pike. And so we feel very fortunate to be working with some great thought leaders and expanding rapidly as a business. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, earlier I was just kind of thinking because Guillaume actually, um, you know, he introduced the concept of customer data platforms to me years ago, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we use Whole.io, and we can we can yeah. certainly personalize, but it doesn't. That's different, right? Because you have your customer data platforms, your single source of truth. You can do personalization to an extent, but you can't do what you're talking about, where it's it's you know it's it's learning and it's it's making these optimizations on its own and it's doing it at scale. So I think that kind of settles the answer for me. So I'm just kind of making that point. Anything you want to add to that? It resonates very strongly with me. Guillaume also introduced us to Hull. I know Romain and several other folks there. We also got to know some of the folks at Segment and some of the other CDPs. They're perfect compliments to us. We will activate that data. And whether it's that data or consumer data out of like Blue Kai or B2B data out of like Sixth Sense or others, right? Many vendors. There are many players out there. We will get more out of that investment that a marketing team has made. Because our system will figure out, hey, is there predictive value in this data? They're already paying for it for some other use. If there's predictive value in it, we'll then go maximize the value of that, showing the right things to different visitors by finding the correlations that are there. Got it. Does your customer success team go out? I'm wondering what goes on with the whole setup thing, because I'm imagining it might be a little involved to get this thing going and to have to run tests and all that. But it sounds like your Intellimize will kind of figure out, hey, like based on all this data, you should be doing this. Is, is that correct? Or is, it, is there a manual component to it? Happily, setup is easy. We have 
customers from mid-market all the way up to Fortune 100s who signed on Tuesday, kicked off on Wednesday, and were live on Thursday. Why? Because implementation is a line of code. One line of code and you're done. What follows after that? You brainstorm ideas. We typically help bring them to life, actually, as part of that fixed monthly fee. We'll code the variations for you, not because it's our core competence, the ML is, but because most marketing teams can't get the time of day from engineering. And if you believe, as we do, the one thing that correlates with Lyft is rapidly trying a bunch of ideas, we want to unblock that. So we'll code them for you. So typically folks are then focused on like ideation and design. Now you raise a great point. If you are then going to optionally integrate data and most of that 46% lift that I talked about does not include extra data. If you are, then we've got a bunch of ways to give us that data and we make it easy because we have folks on our end who can sort of catch it and we have APIs for people to call. Got it. So what I'm hearing then, and this is great if, if I'm hearing it correctly, is the marketing team will come to you, your customer will come to you, hey, guy, we've got a ton of ideas over here. And then basically from there, you're like, okay, great. We're going to go ahead and we're going to code this up for you and uh, you know, let's get going. Absolutely. And if the marketing team wants some insight, we're happy to share it with them. We've seen thousands of these. And so our customer success managers, we actively work with our customers. We hop on the phone with them every week. We have a Slack channel with them. We, want to be, we don't want to be their gym membership. You look like you use your gym membership, but like most people don't. And so we want to be active partners with them. And so we'll share with them ideas and we'll be clear to them, this isn't hiring an agency, right? They're not outsourcing this. If they want somebody to do that more in-depth analysis, right? Do the surveys of their customers, crawl through their analytics, right? Please go hire an agency. They are great partners for us. I spent the last 15 years in ad tech. I very much believe in agencies. And they then can come up with additional ideas and insights that our system will then go maximize the lift out of. But if folks want coding help or advice on ideas, we're happy to share both. Got it. And you talked about working with a ton of agencies and you believe in agencies. Do you guys have an agency partner program, a channel partners program? We, it's something we are looking to spin up. That is probably something we'll do in the next 12 months. And for us, it's not a matter of belief. It's just a matter of time and resources. Makes sense. And so going back to the, the price again, what, okay, you, you mentioned mid-market. So I'm assuming to get started, you don't need to give me an exact price range, but I, I'm assuming it's a couple thousand bucks at least to get going on this, if not maybe low five figures. Yeah, we tend to be on the higher end of the ranges you're talking about when you look at an annual agreement. And we tend to do that with our customers. We tend to, sometimes we'll do a proof of concept and then typically we'll, we'll work a year at a time together. Uh, oh, so that, I mean, if, if I'm saying low five figures and you, I guess I was meaning per month. More, I'm guessing oh, oh, annual, oh, per month. Not that bad. Uh, per month, that is, yeah, that's not out of line at all. Cool. Yes. Great. So a couple more questions from my side, working towards wrapping up. So what's one big struggle you faced growing in Telemise? For us, we believe everything flows from two things. One, customers are true north. That's the only metric that, that matters is them getting promoted, getting up on stage, saying great things. It's not fundraising. We feel very fortunate to work with great investors. It's not them signing a contract. It's them having success. And two, we want this to be the best professional experience of our lives. We think everything else flows from those, right? We don't get up in the morning saying, hey, how do we kill our competitors? We get up in the morning saying, how do we make our customers successful? So to answer your question, biggest challenge we've had, finding people. We will gladly suffer temporarily operationally longer. We won't suffer longer before deciding to hire the role. We'll decide to hire them when we need to hire them. But in the act of looking for people, 
will gladly wait a little bit longer to find somebody who fits that culture. We would, for example, not hire the best person in the universe if they were a jerk. And that just means hiring takes a bit longer. And we feel very fortunate to work with some amazing folks. For me, this is easily the most fun job I've ever had, not because the seat I'm in, but because the group of people I get to work with every day. I love that. When you talk about customers being your true north, is there an overarching team objective? Like, how do you, how do you measure that? We say to ourselves, hey, really, our true measure of success is our customers being successful. And so we'll look at that 46% and the actual concrete value we've generated, one. Two, the subjective, are they happy? We literally do look at, like, if they're getting up on stage, that's something we celebrate. If they're doing case study, that's something we celebrate. When we are very fortunate to raise money with great investors, we're like, this is a meaningful milestone. Very smart people believe in the same vision. We feel lucky to work with them. And let's not confuse that with the true north, which is our customers being wildly successful. And so those are some of the metrics we look at day in, day out. Those are the things we bring gongs for and celebrate. Got it. And switching things up a little bit now, what is one new tool that you added in the last year that's added a lot of value to your life? And it can't be called Intellimize. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that I have a one, but several that I use a lot. I mean, I'll say Zoom. Uh, your aura ring. That. Is that an aura ring on you? I love it. It changed my life. Tell me I'm more. glad you noticed that. Actually, I wasn't going to say it because it's sort of, it's just part of my DNA now. But yes, if, if you believe, and I do, that sleep is one of the biggest levers you can pull, this thing has been amazing. If you also believe, as I do, that that which you measure gets done, simply knowing how good my sleep was changed my sleeping habits completely. I would sleep without exaggeration. I drank without exaggeration, 10 to 20 Diet Cokes every day for 20 years. I got three to five hours of sleep a night during the week and then would sleep more on the weekend. Now I, everyone has their own choices. I happen not to drink caffeine at all anymore. And I get more like seven to eight hours a night, maybe some weeks it'll be six. But it was like the movie Bambi. The birds were chirping. Life was better. Everything else was the same, but my perception of it changed so dramatically just by getting more sleep. Yeah, this was a life changer. Do you have one too? I do. It's um, it's interesting for me. I, I make all these little optimizations. Like I wear tape now when I go to bed. So I have this like, because I'm a mouth breather. I'm trying to switch to nose. That increases my deep sleep by 30 minutes. So I make all these micro optimizations. My, my sleep wow. score, it's still shitty. But yeah, I sleep at 68 degrees and all these things. But yes, it does feel amazing. I don't know if it's quite Bambi for me yet. Maybe it's like Mordor. I'm just kidding. But um, it's good. Yeah. I, on a personal level, love quantified self and the optimizations that allows each one of us to do throughout our lives. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So I guess that, that'll be your one tool then. How about what is one book you'd recommend to the audience? First one that comes to mind or could be the best one? First one that comes to mind is Getting Real by 37 Signals. It is a book geared towards product teams But the concept, it's a super fast read. Each chapter is basically a paragraph or two on a page. And they talk about things like customers are true north. I fundamentally believe it. Rapidly iterate, build less, not more. It's geared towards building products in small organizations. And frankly, even if you're in a large organization, I think a bunch of the principles resonate a lot. It's from the guys who built Basecamp. Yep. I love the books that they put out. I think DHH is hilarious on Twitter just because of all (laughs) all, all his shenanigans on there. But great stuff. How about bonus question here? What's one blog or publication you tune into every day? I'll talk about people I follow because there isn't one I religiously, a couple of people I follow a bunch. One is Todd Satridati. He was CEO in my last job at Bright Roll. 
he's building something really interesting right now and he's a fantastic human being. And another great human being that I follow a bunch is Doug Knopper, the former CEO of Freewill. Experienced person, great advice, balanced points of view from both of them. And they, they both talk about business and stuff outside of work. And I, I happen to enjoy those. Interesting. I'm gonna have to get the. I'm gonna have to get their names, and we'll we'll put them into the the show notes afterwards. But, guy, this has been really great. What is the the, the best way for people to find you online? If people want to connect on Twitter, I'm G Alif G Y A L I F, first letter, last name, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. All right, guy. Thanks so much for doing this, Eric. Thank you. That was a pleasure. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.